Namaste. Welcome to Call and Response Podcasts with Krishnadas, where he shares meaningful stories of his life on the path, of his Guru Maharaji, and integrating spiritual practice into our everyday lives. Call and Response Podcasts is an offering of the Kirtanmala Foundation. The foundation is dedicated to spreading the teachings of Neem Karoli Baba, a great spiritual teacher of India. If you are interested in supporting this podcast and the work of the foundation, please visit kirtanwalafoundation.org, K-I-R-T-A-N-W-A-L-L-A-H foundation.org. So practice, you got to do practice, I'm sorry, you just have to. With our eyes open and our hearts open. But through a practice, you're, you're, you get used to coming back from being gone. It's more like an ability to let go. Hi. So I heard you speak. Maybe Where two, are you? I just want I'm to, here. Oh, hi. Two years ago, and um, you used the phrase ease of heart. And I was like, whoa. That's I used it. the part what? Ease of heart. Ease of heart, yeah, yeah. And it was, whoa, that's it. That's what I got. Yeah, yeah. That's what I need. That's what I've always needed. And so I carried in my head, you know, all day, kind of goes in and out of my mind. And then today when I was coming, I thought, I don't know if I really know what you think it is. What? I don't know if I really understand what it means to you. Uh-huh. But I think it's what you were just talking about, right? Yeah. Okay. That's all I need yeah. to know. It comes from the, uh, the, the, the metta, M-E-T-T-A, the metta loving-kindness meditation practice, which was originally given by the Buddha to some monks. He had sent some monks to meditate in a forest, and they went to the forest and they tried to meditate, but the, the tree spirits were, trying to, were causing trouble for them and harassing them. So they came to the Buddha and they said, you know, give us a weapon to defeat these these angry spirits, they're giving us a hard time. And, and the weapon the Buddha gave them was the loving-kindness meditation. And it transformed the whole forest, of course. Because that's the only way. You can't cure anger with more anger. You can't cure hate with more hate. The only, the only transforming power in the universe is love. And real love means listen to me, as if I know. Real love means accepting things as they are and including them, like once again, a heart as wide as the world. And so this practice is really great. And right near here in uh, Barrie, Massachusetts, is, in, is IMS, the Instant Meditation Society. <laughs> Inside Meditation Society, and uh, they teach they teach that practice there quite a lot, with the, along with the pasana also. But metta is its own practice, and it comes and that phrase. So it starts off. They teach you four phrases, four phrases. One is, "May I be safe? May I be happy? May I have good health?" And may I live at ease of heart, at ease of heart in this world, and with whatever comes to me. And 
you're asked to offer these phrases to yourself. And the first couple of days of the practice, they, they describe the, the whole thing to you and they give you these phrases and they tell you now, the meditation practice is to sit there, not to struggle with your mind and your thoughts, but to sit there and offer these phrases to yourself, to repeat them, not automatically or mechanically, but to try to connect with them. You know, may I be safe? May I be happy? May I have good health? And may I live at ease? And on and on. So I did, after two days, I was ready to commit suicide. I couldn't feel a damn thing. I was just like getting harder and harder and more destroyed. I was like flipping out. And then they say, okay, now take the phrases and offer them to the, what they call the benefactor, which is somebody who's always been on your side. Maybe your grandmother, maybe somebody or some a teacher who's just always been, certainly, usually not your partner, you know. Somebody who's really always been there for you. And then offer the phrases to that person. And you know, in like, in a half an hour, you're flying. Because you bring that person to mind. And of course, may you be safe. May you be happy, of course. May you be live at ease of heart. You know, yeah, it's easy, you know. And then, then they say, now come back to yourself. <laughs> and you begin to experience how hard it is to wish ourselves well. How hard? It's really hard. And once again, they don't try to solve that issue intellectually, analytically. They, they see, okay, they now come, so go, then they say, go back and forth. They give you a period, now the benefactor, now come back to yourself. And it kind of loosens you up a little, but not too much. Then they go to, uh, there's the enemy, you know? That person who, if you could get away with it, you know? Uh, you know, that's the one who's always just, always been on your case, never given you a break. And now try to wish that person well. Oh, may you be safe, you piece of shit. <laughs> may you be happy, so you leave me the fuck alone. May you be healthy and live far away. I mean, you really, it's like you have to torture yourself to try to get the words out of your mouth, you know? It's like... And then you come back to the benefactor, oh, okay. And then you come to yourself, oh, So you're going back and... But it's very interesting. And then the last part of the practice, at the end of the five or six or seven days or whatever, you try to wish all beings well. Now, some of us are very, we're really good at wishing all beings well. May everybody be happy. And then somebody cuts you up on the park. Yeah, son of a... <laughs> you know, it's easy to be, oh, everybody should... Yeah, you know. So it's those knee-jerk reactions where the karma is. That's, that's... So, and it's only through practice. And because every time you come back, every time you land back somewhere where you are, You've, it's a miracle almost, and you've, you've, you've planted a seed of, the, of coming back that keeps coming, growing and growing. So yeah, the ease of heart is the fourth, the fourth, uh, and like I said, this was the practice that Buddha gave to those monks, and Sharon Salzburg has been really practicing this for many, many, many years. She's really, uh, she took it on as her own personal uh, 
practice, and she's been doing it so many years. She's one of the great ones, and she's written a lot of books about this practice. And believe me, it's an incredible practice. And you come out of there, even if even if nothing's happened, you know, in your head. They, well, that was okay. Yeah, no, something's happened, and you you've carved out a slightly deeper place in your own heart where you're just sitting naturally now because you've you've gone through that process. Once again, you don't need a, a stamp, the good housekeeping still of approval on this stuff, you know. You go through the, through the, the fire of doing these practices and our hearts are purified, our, our, our kleshas are lightened, our, the obscurations, the dust on the mirror of the heart is, is, is thinned out just from going through this practice, you know, doing the practices. So it's a good idea. I, I love going off for a retreat, you know, a personal retreat where I don't have to, where I can really just do the practice for a while and don't have to be busy with being me. It's too much. It's a great thing to do. It's a great, the fact that we can do that is really quite amazing because as, as difficult as the situation is in this world at this time, we still have a lot of luxury to pursue this kind of inner growth, which uh, most places in the world, they don't have that ability. They don't have the luxury. They're starving or they're running or the bombs are being dropped on them or, you know, it's brutal. Or there's no electricity, or, you know, I mean, or no food and there's no rain, can't grow crops can't pay the, the landlords, your kids are committing suicide because it's so bad. This is the reality out there. And look at us, we have so much here. We have so much. And we use so little of it well. That's also karma. Yeah. Thank you, Katie. Uh, sorry, even Friday night, everything sounded great. I was talking to David, he said the sound check wasn't good, but it sounded great, because we're amazing. But speaking with this nice lady Hold the saying, mic a little closer. I'm sorry, how's that? Uh, that's very good. Okay. <laughs> they always tell me I talk too loud at home, so now I can be myself. Hey, you're talking to a deaf person here. Talk up. All right. Okay, yell. Last year, you gave the same talk, and <clears throat> you spoke about um, the guru he had been taken prisoner for a very long time and I guess he had been tortured and they asked somebody asked them oh. what were you most afraid of the lama yeah 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 mm -hmm. yeah yeah and I think that's a very good story that goes along with that you could share that again and also the the fellow with the banana and the guru who said everything's gonna be okay he would always tell people it was okay. <laughs> My dad's dying. <laughs> I never forgot that. Mm. So if you could share a little of that, that'd be great. Thank you, Katie. Well, the first story is about, it's, it's something that happened. Uh, a, a very old Tibetan Lama was released from the prison in Tibet, Chinese prison, after many years, 20, 25 years. And the conditions are beyond brutal. I mean, you can't imagine. We're not going to go into that. But he was released, and he was his body was broken. He was in much, you know, he'd been beaten and tortured and all these things. And 
he finally gets to India and he gets an audience with the Dalai Lama, His Holiness the Dalai Lama. And um, uh, His Holiness asks him, you know, were you, were you, how was you, were you ever afraid? You know, you know like, His Holiness said, were you afraid for your life, right? And uh, the Lama said, oh yes, I was afraid. I was afraid I would get angry at the Chinese. Can, we can't even imagine. You know, if I stub my toe in the morning, I would say a week is ruined. And this guy, tortured, beaten, starved, you know. And, and his one worry was that he would actually get angry at the Chinese, at, at those torturers. We can't, you know, there's another color. What do we see? Red, orange, yellow, blue, roji biv. I learned that in high school, right? Uh, red, orange, yellow, blue, indigo, violet, right? Hey. But there's another color we don't see yet. We don't see it. It's everywhere, but we don't see it. Because our senses can only pick up those, those colors. There's, but we develop a different sense after a while, which can see this other color. And this other color envelops all the others. It's the background against which all the other colors exist. It's like you don't really see space, right, most of the time. When I look out at you, most of the time I'm looking at you, I see you. I don't notice the space we're in. But the minute you kind of back in there a little bit and look at the space, let the, see the space, you see that all of us are held inside of this space. All of us, in our own little bubbles, right? So the sky, there's a phrase in India, in, in Sanskrit, chittakash, chittakash, the sky of consciousness. So just as the sky holds all of us, everything within its own space, which is everywhere, everything is held inside of that space. But we, we're identified with our little bubble and those colors. As we do these practices, as our hearts open, as our knee-jerk reactions to everything in our lives lighten up a little bit, we become aware of this deeper reality, little by little, and and we're slowly where our hearts are transformed and opened up and wide, widened, and we 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 don't we just naturally the sting and the 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 tortures that we've gone through in our lives, they don't hurt us the same way. We still feel them, but we don't, they don't elicit the same response that they, that they have been getting from us. It's not magic. It's the result of practice and, and it's the result of, um, 
you know, we used to ask Maharaji, how do we find God? We figured he liked us a little bit. He'd tell us, right? So we asked him. And he said, you know, you know, serve people. Serve people? What? Serve people? What is he talking about? Maybe he's a little spaced, you know. So Baba, how do we, you know, raise Kundalini, you know, until <laughs> you break your nose or something? He said, feed people. Feed people? It was beyond our understanding. We could not, we literally could not understand what he was talking about. I mean, we heard the words. He said, love everyone, serve everyone, and remember God. Love, serve, remember. The remember part is the practice part, the, the particular practice. In this case, he used to talk about the repetition of the names of God. In India, they call that what we're doing, what we chant. But the loving and serving, he never told us to do practice for our own sake. He said, don't think about yourself. When I was going to kill myself, that time, or a number of times, but this particular time, I figured, I was living in the temple with him, and I figured, you know, if I jumped in the river, it was only six inches deep. But I figured, you know, if I got my head caught by a rock or something underneath, I could probably get the job done. So finally he called me over and said, what are you going to do, jump in the river? Ha! He wasn't taking this very seriously. He said, you can't die. You can't die. Worldly people don't die. Only Jesus died the real death. What? Is what? <laughs> Only who? Only Jesus died. Why? Because he never thought of himself. In other words, thoughts of me, the planet of me, around which all our bullshit revolves, orbits, didn't exist in that being. The real death is the death of the so-called ego, the separate sense of self, who we think we are. The death of that, the death of those thoughts, is the real death. Because when you don't think you're you, guess what? You're not. If we didn't think, if I didn't go through all day thinking, me, 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 I, me, I, me, I, me, and this, I, this, how do I look? Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? Will they like me? They won't like me. Should I wear this? Should I do this? Should I cut my hair? Grow my hair? Wear these clothes? Wear these shoes? What should I do? This kind of car. If, if I didn't think that all day long, those thoughts would not exist in the whole universe. But I would be here, completely present, and not thinking I'm me. But how are you going to stop those thoughts? You can't. Are you going to shoot them as they go through? There's no gun big enough. Practice. That's what we're talking about. Let them go. When you notice you're stuck in it, when you notice you're thinking of it, when you notice you're lost in dreamland, you're actually already back, by the way. Now that's an interesting moment, okay? Here we are. Shri Ram J Ram J J. Well, let me see, what am I gonna do when I get home? Ram J Ram, I think I'll watch that TV show. Ram J Ram J J Ram. What is it? It's on channel thing. Did I set the thing? Did I set the thing? I set the thing. Oh, Shri Ram. So, how did you know? How did you recognize that you weren't paying attention to the chanting that you came here to do in the first place? Right? 
So that's how hard it is to do practice. Okay, but we all got here together to do this practice today, of being together. But here we are, Sri Ramjaya, man, you're thinking about what you're going to do later. Then you noticed you weren't paying attention, right? How did that happen? We were lost in dreamland. And when you're lost in dreamland, you're not here. How did, you, how did it happen that we got here enough to notice that we were lost? Isn't that amazing? I think that's amazing. I'm a little weird, but I do think that's amazing. Because we didn't do that. You didn't do that. You didn't say, okay, now I'm going to wake up. Oh my goodness, I haven't been thinking. I haven't been chanting. That's not what happened. You were gone. And then, oh, Sri Ram Jai Ram, right? That moment arose as the fruit of seeds we ourselves have planted. There's no other way it could get here. So we've all done practice before in some way. We all brought all those karmas into this life, so they say. And those karmas just fructified <laughs> at that moment when you noticed you were lost in thought. And then you were here. And then you started singing again. And of course you're gone, gone again in a quarter of a second. But that's okay. But every time you come back, and then every time you, you get, you say, okay, Sri Ramya, you're planted another seed of waking up. You can't, what Maharaji said, you can't, the higher, deeper states of, more subtle states of consciousness cannot be brought about by the use of your personal will. Okay, I'm going to sit down and med 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 meditate myself into this samadhi. No. It don't work like that. Even if you got a little hit, it isn't the real thing. The real, the, 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 the uncovering of our true self happens through letting go of the stuff which covers it up. That's all. But look, we're very identified with that stuff, though. Let's face it. So we have to do something to loosen up the stuff. Every time you come back, it's a big thing. It's such a big thing, we have no idea. We take it for granted because we're kind of almost doing all this in our sleep. But when we wake up a little bit, we go, oh. Just waking up for a second is a huge thing. Just... I mean, it's a beautiful day out. What the fuck are we doing in here? <laughs> this somehow must be more important than the beautiful day. And not everybody feels that way. Don't go to Australia in the summer and try to sing with people. They don't want to know. They're at the beach. Really. But the beach is more important at that point. Okay, fine. I'll go in the winter. So today we're here. This, whatever, for whatever reason we think we came here, we, we got here. And, you know, that's our desire to be free. To find a way to be free and live a good life. This all is about becoming a good human being. What else are you going to be? You know? Are there any aliens in here? Please raise your hand. Okay, you be a good alien. You know, 
we're human beings. Let's really be human. Let's, let's recognize our essential oneness. One time, sitting in the room with Maharaji, you know, we used to take the bus to the temple from the town. It was about a 45-50 minute ride. And then we spend all day in the temple and maybe see him for an hour or two. And then in the, in the evening, the late afternoon, the last bus would come out of the hills on the way to the town where we were staying. It was the last bus. If we missed that bus, we would, we'd have to stay in the temple, which he did not want. So wherever we were, we'd get the message, bus has come, go. So most of the time we'd come in the room and just, you know, pranam and then get on the bus. So one day, we came in the room and he was sitting on the tucket. And he was, I don't know how to, I, I, he was just completely absorbed in some, some state. And he kind of, he just looked, we came in and we bowed and he said, go. Well, we didn't, that, that wasn't going to get us out of there. And he knew that. There was the jowl. Jowl means go. There was the jowl. There was the big jowl. And then there was the real jowl. We took about three. There were three levels of go away. The first one never worked. The second one usually was enough. But if we were really feeling it, we, we made him really give us the third one, which that was, there was no coming back after that one. Just get gone. So this was like the first one. You know, go. Go. And then he just disappeared again into himself. It was like, and the room. <sighs> you ever make jello? So sometimes when you make jello, you put grapes in the jello, and it kind of like gets suspended in the jello. You know, they don't go to the bottom kind of thing. That's what it felt sitting in that room. It was so thick. I felt, I remember thinking, this is like a grape in jello. That's how weird it is when you're born on Long Island. <laughs> Actually, I was born in Manhattan, so that's worse. So it was just so thick, you could hardly, couldn't even move. And he was just completely like immersed in this. And it was such a beautiful, soft, sweet feeling. Nobody wanted to move. We hardly wanted to breathe, you know. And then after a couple of minutes, he looked, opened his eyes, he saw us, he said, go. And then he was gone again for a while, right? And then finally, some Western woman, I won't tell you who, said, Maharaji, what is this? <laughs> that was it. <laughs> and he said, he said, he said, it's in the blood. in the blood. We all have the same blood. You can't tell what a person looks like from their blood. It's the same blood. The same blood runs through all our veins. He used to say that all the time. We're all one. We're all part of one being. Now get out! <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by the Kirtan Mala Foundation. Krishnadas is renowned for leading Kirtan, the spiritual practice of chanting, 
and workshops around the world. For more information about him, including upcoming events, please visit krishnadas.com. K-R-I-S-H-N-A-D-A-S.com. We also invite you to visit kirtanwalafoundation.org. K-I-R-T-A-N-W-A-L-L-A-H foundation.org. Here you will find more offerings dedicated to spreading the teachings of Neem Karoli Baba. Love everyone, serve everyone. Remember God. Ram Ram.